welcome back to the podcast. My name is Peter Walkton. I'm the proud owner of Walkton Entertainment. I'm a film reviewer, film collector, general film geek, buff, cinephile, nerd, whatever you want to call me. Here on the podcast, we do movie reviews and sometimes we talk about random things that are on my nerves and sometimes, like today, we do celebrity interviews. And today's podcast is, in fact, another celebrity interview. There's a new film on Shudder, you may have heard of it, called The Cellar, which is actually a 2022 release. This film is exclusively available now to the Shudder streaming service. You can't rent it or buy it any other place other than Shudder. And obviously, this is actually a horror film, and Walked In Entertainment was very honoured to actually catch up with the film's writer and director, which we're going to play that recording for you very, very shortly. But before I go deep into this interview, I do want to reveal just a basic summary of the plot. Don't stress, there's no major spoilers here, that's not my style. But I am going to reveal just a basic summary of the plot, just to try and give viewers basically a brief understanding what this film is all about, in case you've never heard of it. But the film focuses on the character of Kira, played by Alicia Cuthbert, which... Mad respect, because that actress has done so many great films and TV shows. I am a huge 24 fan. Anyway, getting distracted. Kira moves into a new home along with her husband and their two children. The house looks like an old mansion, or as Kira's daughter politely puts it, it's an extremely ugly house, mum. As the family walk around the house for the first time, we learn that Kira and her daughter Ellie do have some friction in regards to their relationship. Ellie continually voices her opinion, which usually goes against her mother's direction. But no matter what's happening at the moment with the family internally, the family still do their best to move forward, but as they do, they notice several strange things around the house, including numbers and symbols and other unusual markings that are actually scattered all over the house. Stephen, who was the youngest member of the family, once heard a rumour that the house used to belong to a witch who sold her soul to the devil. <laughs> But to cut a long story short, what occurs soon is Kira's daughter actually disappears within this house. Kira now begins to conduct her own investigation around the house, despite what other people might be thinking around the community, claiming that Ellie, her daughter, has obviously just ran away. But through Kira's investigations, we're going to learn a lot more about this house and about Ellie's disappearance. Can Kira find her daughter and protect her other family members before the ultimate evil takes control? And that's all I'm going to reveal about this film's plot. There are some twists and reveals along the way, and if you want to know these big reveals and twists, you really need to subscribe to Shudder today and experience the film for yourself. Do not message me asking me the ending, because I ain't going to give it to you. Hell no. I'm getting fired up. I've got to control myself. Without going any further, I'm going to play the film's trailer for you, and straight afterwards, we'll play back the interview that I had with the film's director and writer. Let's go. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It's so ugly. You know, when I was a kid, I would have loved to have lived in a place like this. What's in there? That's the cellar. It's filthy. I like to think of it as character. Mom, Dad, get me out. Hang on, Ellie. Dad, come on. Mom, get me out. I'm done here. I need you to watch Stephen tonight. So you're leaving us here? 
on our first night. Go down and check the circuit breaker. No, oh, I'm scared. There's 10 steps to the bottom. Count each step, can you do that? One, two. You're doing great, Ellie. Keep counting. Three. Ellie! 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 We've talked to our friends, but no leads, unfortunately. Something happened in the cellar. What about this? It's definitely a representation for a dimension. There's symbols above all the doors. An ancient evil. Delta, point vector, epsilon. There's something in there. It looks like Ellie. It's here. Greetings, Brendan, all the way from Australia. This is my night time, but it should be a good morning to you from Australia. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. And it is my morning. It is your morning. Hopefully coffee. not morning coffee. A morning coffee. <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully not too early in the morning. But uh, you know, your time is very precious today, and I do appreciate your time in advance. But I'm really excited to meet you because I watched a little film which I really enjoyed called The Cellar, uh, which is actually going to Shutter Streaming Services exclusively from April 15th. And look, I had a lot of fun with this film, so I'm very excited to say hello to you. And uh, on the on the actual um, making of this film, you know, you're labelled as the film's director, writer, and even executive producer. So you've oh, really yeah. carried that producers a... a little bit. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so you really... producers something they give out these days to everybody, <laughs> like sweets. There you go. You can be an exec executive producer if you want to, totally. But I, I was yeah. really curious to ask the question, you know, where did the idea for this story come from? Uh, I noticed very briefly on IMBD, you did a short film back in 2004 called The Ten Steps. Uh, sure. So I was curious to know if you've been carrying this story for quite some time, just waiting for it to have, you know, its moment on the big screen. Well, I suppose if you were to call 16 years quite some time, <laughs> Um, yeah, I made that film in 2004 and we realized, I still work with the same producer, we own the same company, but um, we realized that it was quite a special film at the time because it won Best Short at the Sitches Fantastic Film Festival, which is a, a, a hardcore horror film festival in Europe. Um, and it also in the same month won, the, won Best Short at the New York International Children's Film Festival. So you know, and it won many more genre awards and more children's awards. Amazing. It's taught in schools. It's taught on the curriculum in, in Barcelona till this day. I only yeah. found this out yesterday. So, um, you know, we sort of realized that it was special um, because of the broad range, the way it was able to hit a broad audience. And <clears throat> then, um, you know, over the years as well, I saw many comments on different online platforms where people were asking, I wonder what happens next. And so, yeah, I tried in 2007, I wrote a version of the short, which was just an extended version of the short. It, it, I did carry it for all those years, but I was making other films like this is my fourth feature and I was making yes. other shorts and stuff. So um, it sort of had a bit of interest for a while. Uh, the writer of Pilgrimage, my last feature, mm -hmm. took an attempt at, at a treatment for it. And there was some interest from the States, but, you know, nothing happened. And it just 
went it just died mm. and then uh, in a when i finished pilgrimage i just felt the time was right uh, to make a commercial film to be honest with you i thought like this is time to make a commercial film and you know something fun as well like my, my daughter is 10 is always asking me what my my other films are about and to be honest with you they're demented they're like not for children at all so i thought it would be good to revisit this film which was a family sort of movie even though it's a horror horror film it's still for all ages <clears throat> yes um and so yeah i started writing this probably 2016 and it went through many different versions and but yeah, yeah i mean 2016 i probably had the finished version 2019 the end of 2019 and then we were going to shoot it 2020 and covid happened so yes yep so yep. that was a, that's that's been the journey so it's been a long journey, but also quite quite challenging. And as soon as I saw the film's poster, as soon as I heard about this film, my jaw dropped because of your leading lady in this film, you know, yeah. Alicia yeah. Cuthbert. Um, you know, how did you get her to star in this horror film? Did it take a bit of convincing? Or did she hear about this film and she went, I'm so keen to do this film? Was she very excited? Or how did, how did she get involved in this film? Well, you know, sometimes, you know, and... It's weird in this business, you know, I like, I mean, I'm not great at this, but it is about who, you, you know, not who, you know, but it's about connections. And Owen Macken, who's the uh, the lead, Brian, um, the other lead, you know, playing Opsiter, yes. is like, it, we know Owen really well. I think Owen's actually in Australia at the moment, but um, he's shooting, I think it's called Le Bray. To, yep. Anyway, so. We, uh, Owen was in my first feature, Savage, in a smaller role, and we, I've known him since, and the producers know him very well. One of the producers pr uh, produced his uh, feature, he was directing a feature there about two years ago called Here Are the Young Men. So we knew, we know, we've known Owen for years, so Owen was brilliant to work with him in a leading role now, because he's gone from strength to strength, she and was. his agent just, his agent happened to be Alicia's agent, wow. and that's how easy it so wow. it was like we oh okay so we can get the script to her immediately yeah oh yeah and she like already within a day she's I'm on a Zoom, so that's how easy it was. Now look, that wouldn't have mattered if Alicia was um, difficult or didn't like the script or you know, but she was really nice. I can't say enough nice things about about her. You know, she's really easy to work with, and you know, and and really talented too. Yeah. 100%. And she is absolutely brilliant in this film. I really enjoyed the presence that she brought on the big screen. She's just absolutely tremendous. And out of curiosity, because you did mention briefly, you had, you know, obviously COVID come up while you're trying to make this film. How long did it actually take to make this film from start to finish? You know, the, the films, the feature films for me anyway, I've noticed up till now, we're all taking between uh, four years between each film. And that was always for different reasons. Some of them, the editing process was very difficult. There was a lot of notes that went on for ages. Some of them, they would be finished for a year before they would get their festival. Because, you know, for a lot of sales, uh, a lot, um, the sales agent will want a A-list festival to uh, trigger, you know, distribution deals. Mm -hmm. So <clears throat> sometimes you might be waiting. You might be getting refused from Sundance. You might, and then, you know, I know with, with pilgrimage we waited for tribeca and tribeca was our birth but um with this one it, you know we were supposed to shoot in the summer of 2020 and then covid happened so that stopped it we we finally got up and running again still with a very serious covid uh, situation in november december of 2020 uh, we were ireland was in a level five lockdown very soon after that 
the whole country completely. We got the worst amount of cases. We we really were lucky. We, got, we only had one case. We were testing three times a week. But anyway, that yeah, yeah, it was it was it was pretty. I was nerve wracking as well. Not as much about will we get it and we're not vaccinated. It was more that if this is shut down just before Christmas, you know, Alicia has to go back to the states, and then to get her back to quarantine for two more weeks, it's very expensive. And to get the film up and running again, look, we would have done it, but it was, I was nerve wracked, you know. Um, but then what happened was then, and um, we. So we finished it, we edited, I edited it completely online like this, you know, on a, a remotely. Uh, and then we all got vaccinated and we were able to travel. So I was able to go to Belgium where the post-production, a lot of it was being done. Um, so I finished the film probably July, July, August in, yeah, July in um, 2021. And then we sat on it, you know, uh, through Toronto, Sundance. And then we found out just at Christmas that we were in South by Southwest. So that's when we, we came out. And then obviously we're, we're getting it. Because, you know, having a film in a festival and then its cinema release can be can also be a year later as well, because you can have a whole year of festivals. So we're, we're, we're looking that this is going quickly. It's getting released quite quickly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do need to apologize during the interview. There's actually someone mowing their yard here in Australia. It's bright and sunny and it's always hot. So someone, of course, is mowing. So I apologize in advance. If there's I can't anything hear it. There. Oh, good. Let's keep it that way. I'm praying for that. Um, but apart from obviously dealing with COVID, what were some of the other challenges you had while trying to make the film? But I was also curious to ask maybe what the most outstanding positive experience was while making the film too. You know, it's hard to escape from COVID because um, what I'll say is, is COVID had was difficulty casting, difficulty wearing masks all day long, difficulty testing, difficulty having to stay away from your family for seven weeks, difficult, you know, it was like a lot of different things, but it also was better for the film in many ways um, because uh, without COVID, we would have shot in the summertime and that would have meant uh, there would have been daylight up till half 11. I would yes. have had known, uh, we can't shoot past 12 o'clock here because the expense of shooting a night shoot is too much. So mm. I can shoot up till 12, 12 midnight, you know. Um, so I would have had to, to get those night scenes and to have them, you know, instead of just putting black on the windows, which isn't that nice. We want to, you know, have yeah. light, moonlight coming through and you get a bit of depth to everything. And uh, I would have been building tents outside. It would have been the expense of it would have been a mm. nightmare. And I, and I think sometimes out of, because we were under a lot of time pressure, I think I would have been just putting black on the windows. Um, yeah. So because we shot in November, I was able to shoot five hours daylight, have our mid midday break for, you know, an hour, lunch or dinner, whatever you want to call it, and then get five hours of nighttime. So I was, it was brilliant. Mm. Also, we were, we had to shoot in a very small county in, in Ireland, Roscommon, because of one of our funders is the RAP Fund, uh, which incentivizes shooting outside of Dublin, decentralizing the filmmaking process. So we had to shoot in a small little county called Roscommon. And, you know, I had written a big, an advertising agency that was from a city. And I thought, I don't, I'm never going to find that in Roscommon. But of, uh, Roscommon County Council is this futuristic, amazing building. And if COVID had been working, you couldn't get in there because they're doing driving licenses. And, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an operating building. You wouldn't get in there. Whereas because of COVID, they were all working from home and we were able to get in. But, you know, the biggest challenge I had was a, uh, I have it on every film. And because even no matter what the budget, they're still low budget. Because even Pilgrimage, which was a bigger budget, was so ambitious. And, you know, it was still low budget. Um, so 
uh, there's the it's the same problem I always have, and I'm sure most directors have it unless they're shooting massive blockbusters. It's time. Just never have enough time. I run out yep. of time. I can't don't have enough time to get all the shots I need. I'm and every night I'm running out and all these shots left to get, and it's like, what am I going to do? So that's yeah, there's always my biggest challenge. No, it's tremendous. And I did like the fact that you commented, you know, even though COVID is COVID and it's very painful, you know, in some aspects, you're quite positive with the outlook and used it to your advantage. So I did really admire that you commented on that. And that's a great outlook to have. Um, And I was going to ask too, I can see all this media behind you. Are you a lover of horror films yourself? And if you are, is there a film that really grips you by the heart and stands out the most? Well, I have a list here of films that have influenced me. Not my favourite films, but films that have influenced me over the years. Even as in each one at a particular period in my time would have... And I'm going to skip through things like Star Wars and Jaws because they were my earliest, but they're not horrors. So I'll just tell you the horrors that are on here. Uh, Rosemary's Baby, The Wicker Man, Psycho, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original one, um, Haunting the Innocents, uh, you know, I would say Persona, Through a Glass Darkly and The Arrow of the Wolf, the Bergman films have got horror elements to them. I also love The Vanishing. Or, um, it's a Danish film uh, called Spurlus, a uh, very yep. good film. Uh, and here's films that aren't horror, but I'm going to put them in there. Uh, I Stand Alone, Saul Contra 2, Gaspar Noe's film, and Irreversible. Uh, Don't Look Now, uh, <clears throat> brilliant horror film. And then is there any other horrors left in here? Martyrs. Uh, Good one. Kill, kill list. Yeah, and then and then um, you know I love Cronenberg and I love say J horror like uh and K horror like Ringu and the Grudge yep. and stuff like that. <clears throat> You, sir, have excellent taste in horror films, but it's always just good to know, you know, if there was anything that sort of inspired you with this particular film. Um, as I said at the start of this interview, I, I'm very appreciative of your time. I know you're extremely popular today with this film coming out, but if I was to give you the floor to the people of Australia, they're going to be listening to this on a podcast, YouTube video, the list goes on, and I wanted to ask your opinion, why should the people of Australia sign up to Shutter and check out this film called The Cellar, which is available from Shutter on April 15th. If I gave you the floor for about, say, 30 seconds, what would you like to say as we come to a bit of a summary and close? Sure. I'd say it's, you know, a, a fun movie for a Friday night. Uh, uh, and I'd say it's a lot of fun because uh, in, it's in not, in, not in terms of comedy or something, but in terms of there's some twists and turns in this that I don't think have been seen in horror movies before. And also, it goes places by the end that you just couldn't imagine. And there's a pretty good, cool demon in it as well. <laughs> the demon is insanely cool and creepy as all get out. So I do agree with you on that. And one credit to you I will give you, just to add the icing on the cake, if you will, you really hooked me early on with this film. I started watching it, and I wasn't going anywhere. I just had to sit in my seat and find out the outcomes of this of this whole story and the characters, the list goes on. Um, so again, I had a lot of fun with this film and I'm very confident that the people of Australia, they're going to have a blast with this film and it's truly a credit to you. So a big thank you and I really do appreciate your time once again. And for those that are listening, check it out April 15th on Shutter. It's definitely worth a watch. Thank you. Thank you. All the best. There you have it. That concludes our interview for this podcast. And if you are wanting to see my full thoughts and 
feelings about this film, you can visit us on our website at www.walkedinentertainment.com. But if you're looking for a brief summary and conclusion as to what I thought of the film, I thought overall, look, The Cellar isn't overly a fresh film, but it still has some worthy and enjoyable elements. I thought as far as positives concerned, I really enjoyed the performance from the actress Alicia Cuthbert, who again is really good and it's really exciting to see a return to the genre of horror. There's also some creative moments here too, such as the large spooky house, which obviously comes to life. And at the same time, I thought while the third act carries some excitement, the film's ending does feel a little vague and a little rushed. So in a nutshell, I'm saying the cellar feels familiar, but it still carries some entertainment value for those that love a good old-fashioned horror movie that's set in a spooky old mansion i'm giving this film 5.4 out of 10 which if you're a person that loves star ratings instead it's equivalent to two and a half stars out of five so that's it we're done that's the end of the episode so if you are listening for the very first time firstly thank you for stopping by uh if you've enjoyed what you heard today please hit that subscribe button and why not leave a star review obviously five stars always make me smile and feel happy inside but any sort of feedback is always appreciative thank you once again for your ongoing support and until next time keep watching